It takes a steady hand because if you touch the side. Take cover, Elijah. Quickly. Get under a tree. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. Quick, hold this metal pole be- in there. Welcome to Cartoon Tonic. Oh, my name that is- was such a nice one. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. Just interrupt me while I'm doing my intro thing. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You know? I was just... Go ahead. I just really liked that one. It was very kind and not like you were trying to make us jump. I do I live for your... Take. I, I ruined know, the take. I know. This is all staying in. I live for your approval. Again, this is Cartoon Tonic, the podcast where we drink and watch cartoons. I am one of your hosts and officiant uh, today um, yeah. with, with my co-host, uh, Kayla, um, do you take Josiah to be your lawfully wedded co-host? I, I do. I do. And just Thank and God. Josiah, and, and Josiah <laughs> do you do you take Kayla to be your lawfully wedded co-host? I, I do. All right, excellent. <laughs> he just gave a weird look. And, Should uh, we mention why we're now lawfully wedded? Uh yeah, because uh, this is kind of like the uh, anniversary <laughs> episode, right? Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah, here? we this this episode will come out on the 18th of May, which is our wedding anniversary. Woo! Woo-hoo. One year. Yeah, first year. Made it first a whole year. year. Barely. Well, not yet. We are recording before the 18th. So, so far we have made it, but it is not yes. the 18th yet. And in celebration of your anniversary, we're going to change mm-hmm. it up a bit. Josiah, why don't you tell the listeners what we're drinking today? We are drinking a very special drink that me and my best man, Brian Duchler. Created over a year ago, uh, we tried our hand at uh, making mead. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, mead is a very old drink, pretty much made of just honey. Brian knows a little bit more about the science behind it, but it's very basic mead. <laughs> fermented, fermented honey. Fermented it's honey, yeah. Fermented honey. And what I love about this mead is it was probably like a week and a half before your wedding. Mm-hmm. No, it was. It definitely Kayla, was. Kayla was very stressed out working to get everything done for your guys' wonderful wedding. It was beautiful. I had a great time. And, uh, you know, to, to help out, Josiah and I decided to just go to a brew store, buy a bunch of equipment, and then make uh, honey wine in your kitchen in the yeah, middle of yeah. all the you know, craziness. So we are like a week and a half out from our wedding, and I get a text from Saya that says, hey, we're going to go make some mead. And I was like, what? <laughs> because what our listeners might not know is our, our wedding um, was very, very, very DIY. Um, we yes. rented a location that allowed you to bring and kind of required you to bring literally everything um, from plates and cups to the tent to everything else that you that we end up bringing for the wedding. So it is a week and a half before our very DIY wedding. And I am panicking because there are projects that need to be finished that are not finished and on his his day off instead of choosing to finish any of those projects we chose instead to make a mess in the kitchen with a bunch of honey and uh, make mead and spend our time making mead that way so i am looking forward to tasting this um, we haven't tasted it yet to make sure that it was, in in fact, worth the extra stress. I am very excited. You know, I will say I knew that our marriage was going to last based on your response to that. 
<laughs> which was you were you were still understanding. Yeah, I mean, you needed to blow off some steam too, preferably not with a giant jar of honey in our kitchen. But you know, weirder <laughs> things could have happened. And, and we were not clean about it; like it was very messy. <laughs> no, it was a meth lab in the kitchen for all. <laughs> basically, basically, I look. I I knew you know Josiah is my best friend. I knew he was stressed. I'm like, hey, let's just do something fun and weird because that's what we always done. Just like, mm-hmm. like let's uh. Let's let's ease some stress. And then, you know, I just didn't try to alleviate Kayla's stress at all. I just I apologize. I don't know. I didn't know what I could possibly like I said, do for I'm, you. I'm <laughs> looking forward to drinking this meat and God help you if it tastes terrible. Yeah, if it's bad, this is all for not. I mean, there's a good chance it might be really astringent and it's terrible. Who knows? We're going to find out soon. But uh, so what's before, the, did you guys do like measurements on the proof of this meat or anything like we, that? We we did. I don't remember. We didn't write it down. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember either. I, yeah. It's I think it's around the same proof as like a, a like a normal cider or a beer. I think yeah. I I remember yep. that being around. Like it's not too too strong, but I believe when we checked it, I think it was right around six percent. Okay. Okay, yep. that's a that's a light mead. That's a good mead. Yeah. Yep. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, literally, it's it's honey water and yeast. That's all it is, and we fermented it in a giant bucket. And then we yep. transferred it to a uh, glass container, and we just kept transferring it until all the yeast settled, and that was about it. And it's been sitting underneath my workbench in my office for over a year. Yep. <laughs> Did you guys add any flavors or anything like that, too? Or is this, this no, is it's just the straight honey just, version? Just, just honey, yeah. Because yeah. I thought I remembered you guys talking about cherry wood or no, we something. were thinking about doing something. Like we were, that. but we there were wasn't gonna... another stressful event for you guys to to <laughs> just stick around about. So it ended up just being plain. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wait for the next major life milestone. We're gonna do something else dumb. So. Oh God. Yeah. <gasps> Quarantine wine. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Uh, we'll just you know smash grapes quarantine style somehow. That's how you make wine, right? I do believe so. Um, so before we dive into our special wine, um, Kayla, what are we watching today? We are watching The Wild Thornberries, and I am yes. very, 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 very excited about it. It is um, smashing, so to speak. <laughs> so, ha- uh, Before we get into the episode, I do got a little bit of background on it. The Wild Thornberries uh, was released on Nickelodeon in 1998, and it ran to 2004, which is much longer than I f- thought it was. Like that seems like a good, yeah, a good yeah. run. That was five seasons, 91 episodes. Um, it was a personal favorite of mine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it came out when I was eight, so I think it just kind of worked. But uh, basically, it follows a uh, a nomadic family where they travel around the world and the show focuses on the youngest daughter, Eliza, who, if I remember correctly, she saves a warthog that ended up actually just being a shaman. I remember that. Yep. And the Mm -hmm. shaman gives her the ability to speak to animals. Yes. I think Um, that's how I remember it as well. She travels with her mom, her dad, her dad, who is voiced by Tim Curry, um, which is why Kayla said smashing. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one of his, his, his go-to's. And uh, older bratty sister was also there. And like a little native kid that I guess they just assimilated into their family. They never really <laughs> go into it. I don't think I so. He's their they, kid. He's their son, right? Like we that's can, just, we no, can no, that. no, they, I remember explicitly. <laughs> Excuse me? 
we can get into that a little bit more, but there is an episode that explains uh, Donnie, the crazy wild boy. Yeah, I no, I explicitly remember like her saying like uh, like they found him. Yeah, like, they just stole somebody's <laughs> kid. Basically, Ooh, and guys. Guys. that that little that little native boy who doesn't speak, he just speaks in like I don't know some made up language, is voiced by Flea. The basis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know if you that. <laughs> what is reality. Amazing. I don't understand. Because we've learned on this podcast that Nickelodeon likes to just have some weird musicians be a part of their their shows. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, also, there's a monkey. I remember the monkey too. They have. They have is it, I thought he was a chimp. It might be a chimp. Pretty sure he's a chimp. Chimp. My English wife. Chimp. My wife. Yeah. My wife is yelling at me because uh, I said monkey and not chimp. But I mean, basically, the show is them traveling through different continents and them getting into adventures. And she's able to talk to said creatures in those areas because uh, of a gift from a shaman, you know, standard cartoon fare. <laughs> I remember being so jealous, like, man, maybe this like is part of the reason why I used to save all of the injured animals in the neighborhood. Like I was just really hoping one would be a shaman one of these days. But I just <laughs> want to talk to who doesn't want to talk to animals. Yeah. Like who doesn't? I want to say that do. you and I both worked in the animal rescue field for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I think we actually just both been cursed by things haven't been going great for us uh, i have had to euthanize a number of squirrels (laughs) oh my god what if the squirrel was the shaman it's actually it's me it's the reverse though i'm a warthog (laughs) 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 when he was a young warthog sorry Part really speaks to Saya. <laughs> he just a single tear falls from his <laughs> One solo tear. <laughs> he snorts, and I'm like, "Honey, are you okay?" And you're like, "Nothing. It's fine." I screwed myself. I say. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the shows that, although I really, really enjoyed it and I watched it a lot, I don't remember a ton, uh, like mm-hmm. any specifics about it. I just remember really enjoying it. Um, do you guys have any strong Thornberry memories? I I have one that's really strong. Uh, there's one episode in particular where they're out in the in like the desert and they're walking around cactuses and stuff. And she comes across like a bird that's trying to get a larva out of a cactus, and she ends up teaching it how to use like a stick or something in order to get the larva easily. And the only reason that I remember it is because later on, like they learn it so well that new technique that all the birds get fat because they're using this like one stick and she screws up the entire ecosystem (laughs) of of the desert and then eventually has to like get rid of the stick or something. So they have to go back to doing it the hard way. Damn nature, you fragile. So that's the episode where she causes mass extinction. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh my God. Weird. That was a weird, weird play. You guys don't remember that one? No, (laughs) no, I I think I'm, I'm probably in the same boat as Brian. I really, really enjoyed the show. I'm super pumped that we're watching it again, but I don't have any specific strong memories. There's maybe one where um, their their chimp friend tries to go back and like reassimilate into like a group of chimps that I have a small memory about. That's kind of and they're just kind of like like a bunch of big dicks to him. Like they're just mean to him. <laughs> but I don't really have anything in specific except that I really wish that I could talk to animals. That's about it. 
Yes. I just I mostly remember like even as a kid I was a fan of Tim Curry and whenever mm-hmm. I w- watched that show I'm like oh that's Tim Curry like, that's yeah basically, basically very recognizable it. voice and the and I, the other thing I remember is like anytime I was watching this like if my mom was like coming downstairs to, like do laundry or something I was watching it she'd be like oh that's Tim Curry's voice <laughs> like every single time <laughs> always pointing it out every single time. <laughs> Then she showed you Rocky Horror Picture Show when you were a little kid. I did see that when I was a little kid, and also it, and it scared the shit out of me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the weird childhood. When my mom so the- sent me down to watch Caligula, that's what was strange. Like, <laughs> that was maybe a smidge too far. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I have this really strange crossover <laughs> image of Nigel Thornberry in the Get Up from Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show, and I can't uh, continue. Please, it's just the mustache that's getting me. <laughs> oh, so the episode doctor. that we're watching actually isn't one that's like too, too special, but we we hit one that we thought would be on point for our anniversary and it's actually called the anniversary which makes it special excuse me i mean other than we have no idea what happens yeah that's in true the yeah i don't know if this is like a top 10 episode or or not but yeah yeah i'm not sure if it's gonna hit any nostalgia points but it is season three episode 20 uh aired december 11th 2000 should be interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll check that out well before we jump in let's uh salute each other with this uh homemade uh mead that i hope isn't terrible i'm so hoping it's not terrible should we it's, do we clink it smells great so it, it smells does smell really good we used uh i think we used uh wildflower honey which is yep amazing honey and it was three whole pounds worth so i hope it's delicious well there's no way three whole pounds actually made in the container because a single pound of honey was slathered all over my countertop so <laughs> You know, and on your wedding dress, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> cheers. cheers. Damn. That's fantastic. It tastes like wildflower honey and a tiny That's bit smooth. of alcohol. It's it very is pretty smooth. damn good. That's really smooth. Yeah, There's alcohol it, in this? There is. We right. measured it. I'd say that's uh, on par with some of the store-bought brands that we've we've tried. That was, was a really, success. really good. I wonder, I think the last time that we had like good mead was Game of Thrones finale. I think so. Yeah. Was it was it Zombie Killer? I know it's a Michigan brand. No. It was, a, it was, it a, was a couple different types. I think we got the bottles laying around here yeah. somewhere, but that's good. Good job, guys. Thank you. Worth, uh, was- worth the extra stress right around our wedding. Yeah, worth it. <laughs> was it? And seriously, it's very good. <laughs> worth it. Um, I did design a non-alcoholic beverage because we are watching Wild Thornberries. Okay. It is tap water, sangria mio, because it tastes like berries, and frozen strawberries and blueberries mixed together infused in your water because it's frozen water berries to watch with the thornberries. <laughs> is it smashing? <laughs> it is smashing. <laughs> so um, it's just, it's berry infused water and it's delicious. I had some of the, the sangria mio earlier and it was very, very good. It is good stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there's a new trend on this podcast where we just have to do new stuff with water every episode because that's always our non-alcoholic drink. Brian, we're in we quarantine. Have limited resources, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is flat water. This is sparkling water. 
Yeah, after I, I milk, was but. extremely <laughs> condescending last episode with how to make ice water. Like I wanted to come back with something that was sincere and not dickish, and it is really good just to good put point. frozen berries in water. So, like I was naughty today. I put some lime in this water. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Before we get into actually watching the episode, I do have some facts. Uh, one is that the Wild Thornberries movie was actually nominated for an Oscar. What? Yep. Really? Uh, for its best song entitled Father and Daughter, but it was written by Paul Simon. And they ended up losing out to Eminem's Lose Yourself from the movie 8 Mile. <laughs> which is... I'm sorry, I don't know why that's, that's so funny, but it sounds like such a sincere song and then it loses out to like Eminem. <laughs> yeah but now all Aww. i want is all i want to see is a rap battle between nigel and and eminem oh my god like there's youtube videos good. of it where is they really yeah where they smash up like his fast smash. rapping up against like donnie's just <laughs> just nonsense oh my god epic rap when, battles are you listening <laughs> yes. we, we gotta we gotta watch that <laughs> um another fun fact Donnie's parents were actually killed by poachers, so he was raised by uh, gentle primates as a toddler. The Thornberries came across him when they were doing a orangutan series and decided to actually keep him. Wow. So, killed by poachers, that's his backstory. All right. Okay. You know, he and Tarzan would have a, have a lot to talk about, so that would be good. <laughs> We got uh, we got into Pixar territory here. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. Uh, another one is that there are a lot of theories around the show. Um, some dark, some not. Uh, one is that Eliza suffers from schizophrenia from a lack of human interaction enforced by delusions of talking to animals. Meh. Yeah. I mean, that one's... I don't think that's what causes that schizophrenia. Yeah, it's kind of hit or miss. Also, that's always a fan theory. Um, it's always like schizophrenic or they've been dead the entire time. That's the only two fan yeah. theories ever. <laughs> the shaman actually killed her and she's just a ghost haunting her family. Another topic, what happens what, what happens when animals eat one another? Does Eliza hear the screams of the animals? <laughs> she hear them pleading for help? Also, uh, mating season. Oh. Does she get to hear the... The calls. <laughs> the calls of the wild, so to speak. Just saying. <laughs> there's a, there's apparently an episode entirely dedicated to Eliza trying to get two turtles to mate. So there's that. <laughs> I'm just thinking I, about how birds chirping on trees are basically just them screaming, stay away from me or come do me. And now thinking about <laughs> having to listen to the words that those birds are screaming constantly. It would make our mornings much Actually, probably more pleasant to actually know what they were saying, but she's a child. I don't Just know. Little voices. Somebody do me. <laughs> I I do want to see that episode. Like, hey, Mister Friendly Jaguar, how are you today? He's like, fuck off, I'm horny. Yeah. That would just... <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, that'd be, well, that'd be with that'd those. Be <laughs> are you guys uh, you guys ready to get into the episode? Let's do this. Please yeah. join us after this quick commercial break, and we are going to discuss the wild thornberries. The animal, the animal, can anything stop? The animal, the animal. And we're back. Woohoo! Yes. I think the first thing that I want to say is uh, Tim Curry just like took some artistic choices in his voice on this show. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> and I love, I love it, it so it. much. Yeah. Oh, every time he said anything, I just was tickled. Like it was, it was just so good. So many Even weird little things, little noises. Yeah, his little laughs. His little laughs. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if she likes his looks, she bows back. <laughs> like like proto Peter Griffin laughs almost. It was kind of yeah, yeah. a bit. Yeah. Well, the opener described that Donnie was, in fact, found. So that was something I didn't remember straight off yeah. the bat. Um, it's this whole the whole opening sequence is Eliza explaining how their house moves and how they live off the land. And like they his her dad is a nature show person and the mom is the videographer for it. And it was, you know, a cool synopsis in the very beginning of the episode. This episode takes place in Japan, um, in the uh, outskirts of Mount Fuji, which <laughs> I always thought wasn't a place that you could just camp, but they can. So that's happening. Um, there's some sort of fire festival that's supposed to be going on in the very beginning of the episode. Marianne is the wife, right? Yeah. Marianne, her parents show up just randomly in Japan to uh, celebrate their anniversary with their daughter and grandkids. Yeah, they happen to run into them. Yeah, they're just, oh, hey, look. And her parents are Betty White and Ed Asner, which is amazing. Yes. We came to be with you on our 50th wedding anniversary. I figured after 50 years with me, your mother deserved whatever she wanted. And Ed Asner is um, the old man from Up. He that's is. that's where I know Very him recognizable from. Voice, yeah. Oh my goodness! And but what a like what a couple made in heaven, you know? Yeah. Like as far as old <laughs> old folks go, like I don't know where I was going with that, but that was very well casted. Both I of them still alive it. and kicking too. That's amazing. Yep. Maybe it's because they were on the show together. Maybe the shaman I, got to them and gave them eternal life. I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, grandparents show up and Eliza is very excited to see her grandpa and there's this whole like back and forth about how Eliza wants to set fire to um, like this bonfire to participate in the local village's fire festival to mark the end of the climbing season for Mount Fuji but her mom tells her that she's not old enough yet at 12 to light a fire which seemed weird to me because like who wasn't lighting fires at 12 but I digress Um, and then they are the villagers are lifting something that is that normally marks the beginning of a parade to celebrate the end of the climbing festival. And grandpa goes to help them lift it because it's on like these board leader lift things. And grandma yells at him and tells him that he can't because he's too old and has angina. <laughs> angina. Yes. And <laughs> and, uh, you know, very mature me was like, hey, angina. <laughs> I'm sure you did when you originally watched the episode, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Grandpa's got a Jaina. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. we Betty, see. Betty, or- sorry. Betty White is like, like annoyingly like worried about him. Like she she's packed like food that has like no salt or any flavor in it, like rice cakes. And she won't let him like do anything. We're not even go out of go out of her sight, which uh, that is an interesting point of view that you have there, Brian. Which I do not share. Well, I think fact. you guys might have a little more insight on such an issue <laughs> that, that I don't have. But that's fair. So in the the first meal that they're sharing, uh, they, they have breakfast the morning that the uh, grandparents arrive. And they explain that Frank has had some issues with his health. 
And that's why he's eating a low sodium, low sugar diet, diet, which he basically described as having no flavor, but he happily eats it anyways. And she is just very concerned over his health because he is 70 and had had a heart attack. So So it was a good idea to go to the Mount Fuji and... uh, Yeah, to go to Mount Fuji was a great (laughs) idea. So Sophie, the grandma, is very worried about Frank, the grandpa. We quickly see kind of a parallel between Eliza being told that she's too young to do stuff and him being told that he is too old to do stuff. And they start reminiscing about how they used to do cool stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, And Grandpa has this really profoundly sad line, which is a lot of stuff can happen to a body in two years with reference to how they used to climb things. And two years later, he is now too old to climb things. He like stared off in the distance at a really sad face. Yeah, it was really intense. So anyways, the Thornberries are there to film the Japanese black bear, otherwise known as the moon bear, according to this cartoon. Um, So everybody's really tired because they've been staying up overnights to go try and find this nocturnal bear to film it. So once going to the village and being told they're not going to be able to participate in the village... Grandpa and Eliza decide that during the daytime, they're going to climb Mount Fuji. So they get their backpacks together and they start walking away. And then Sophie and mom and Nigel and everybody, where are you going? And start questioning them and offer instead of them climbing Mount Fuji, which again, I kind of side with, instead of them climbing Mount Fuji, they should go to the shrine that's in town and check out just this really like serenity filled location instead of climbing an actual mountain on the last day of the year when it is supposedly safe to climb said mountain as a 70 year old man and a 12 year old girl with a chimpanzee as a partner wait why why wouldn't why wouldn't it be why wouldn't it be safe they already set up that there's bears out there there's a thunderstorm it's getting cold uh grandpa had a heart (laughs) attack recently like why shouldn't they go climb that mountain yeah, I mean, if they are if they're looking to go out in a blaze of glory, I guess that's an option for a 12-year-old to do. So they are told that they can't go climb like they want to. And so they stay around camp and are really bummed out about it. And Grandpa really hates origami for some reason. Like I don't think origami is all that bad. I think it's fun. And we have this really, really entertaining scene where um, Donnie, uh, her sister, whose name I'm blanking on. Debbie. Debbie. And grandma go to the shrine. Um, Mom and dad decide to drop them off at the shrine on their way to go try and find some bears to film. And grandma is like, takes out a book on how to meditate and like gets all comfortable and stuff. And Donnie is just (laughs) and like running around and taking the rake that you would use for the, the rock garden and the sand in the rock garden and just like drawing ridiculous shapes. And the whole time, Grandma just keeps yelling at Debbie to meditate and be quiet and don't worry about it. And, and Donnie's just going insane in the background. And ends with Donnie falling backwards and smacking his head into a gong. And Grandma says, I think that's enough meditation for us today. Which is such a Grandma thing to say. Instead of, hey, you little shit. Like, we're going to be leaving now. Um, it is... So leave- it is- impossible to not picture flea in a recording booth making those noises for yeah Tony. right just <laughs> it's a- in tidy whities with <laughs> with his bass in hand <laughs> like flea can you put some clothes on no this is my method <laughs> uh anyway sorry oh no you're good um so they come back from the shrine and 
um, you kind of get, I forget how they segue into, they've made a plan. Grandpa and Eliza make a plan to climb Mount Fuji at night instead because that's better. Yeah. And if they start off at night, by the time they get to the top of Mount Fuji walking, it's going to be just morning and they can stand on the top of Mount Fuji at sunrise in order to see sunrise from Mount Fuji, which sounds great. And it's a cartoon, but that's not happening. It's ridiculous. So in the middle of the night, while Marianne and Nigel are out trying to find bears to film and grandpa and grandma should be asleep and Debbie, Donnie and Eliza should be asleep. Eliza and grandpa sneak off with their backpacks and some flashlights and a chimp and start climbing Mount Fuji. And they immediately run into a thunderstorm and they're like, well, maybe we should turn around because it's storming. And then Eliza's like, no, no, we shouldn't. I have this radio and I'll turn it to static. And when lightning gets close, it'll make lots of noise and we'll know that we should run. Yeah, I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but. uh... I mean, it would be cool if it was, but. Like, by the time it's making enough noise for you to be concerned, like, lightning is literally lightning fast. So, I don't know what you're going to be responding to. Mind you, at this point, Grandpa's already grabbed his chest, like, four times in pain. Like, even before the lightning strike. Yeah, Yeah, he, like, grabbed his chest and fell over a little bit. And he was like, there must have been a rock. Yeah. Oh, God. Grandpa. He's struggling. Yeah. And... Eliza a few times says, well, why don't we slow down the pace? And you can tell he doesn't want to. And so she makes this like light lightning sensor thing and puts it in her backpack. And apparently that solves the storm problem. Cool. <laughs> she definitely does. They use it wisely <laughs> in the next scene. <laughs> so they are, they continue walking up the mountain. And as they're walking up the mountain, we see that, um, Debbie and Donnie have gotten up in the middle of the night because Debbie wants to do something nice for her grandparents and set up um, the next day so that there is really nice decorations for their wedding anniversary. And she's trying really, really hard to do a nice thing, but she's also shrieking and kind of being terrible to Donnie. Um, And this eventually wakes up grandma. And I want to point out at no point did any of these three people realize that two humans were missing from a tiny rv nobody checked yeah nobody checked so they start decorating and we flash back to where grandpa and eliza are and now there's a storm proper and you hear the radio just go really loud (laughs) and grandpa goes run where which they which they run Under a tree. Like directly. They they were literally in the middle of a clearing and they're like, run, and they dive under a tree. The one place you're not supposed to go. Yeah. For those of you who are unsure, that is not the right place to go during a a thunderstorm where you are worried about being struck by lightning. Hold up the radio. Yeah. Other things you shouldn't do. Hold up a radio. I think Eliza did that. She grabbed it immediately and ran with it. Um, If there are metal poles, go ahead and leave those on the ground. Um, So they run under this tree and lightning strikes the tree and cracks a branch off. And Eliza can run because she's 12 is kind of the reasoning. But Grandpa can't because he's 70, which is also kind of their reasoning. And Grandpa gets smushed underneath a tree branch. But he's not dead. He's just got his legs caught somehow. He's okay, but he's trapped. So Eliza talks to Darwin in front of Grandpa in, in chimp, so makes a bunch of chimp noises, to ask Darwin to help her 
move the branch is my understanding. And she just explains it to grandpa as I do that sometimes. It calms him down. <laughs> he even says like, yeah, that sounds legit. Like he yeah. doesn't question it. <laughs> Which I grandpa, thought was a very... Grandpa's clearly a genius. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a clever way for the show to like explain it away to kids. Right? Because it's a kid's show. It's not for adults. I'm technically. Doing it to calm him. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it to calm him. So um, they team up together and able to get the branch off of Grandpa. And Grandpa is kind of shook by this occurrence and is starting to feel his mortality weighing down on him and decides that they should no longer continue to climb Mount Fuji because they, they both almost died. But as soon as they turn around to leave, we hear a bear. And Eliza, being the 12 year old human that she is, runs towards the bear just to check out the bear, and then soon sees that the bear has its foot in a leg trap. Luckily, Grandpa is a vet. Um, and after some convincing, the bear is um, accepting of the help of Grandpa. Um, and the bear is very distrustful. He doesn't, he doesn't like people. He's a smart bear. He's a as, smart bear. As, as bears are wont to do. You know? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're smart. So they get the bear out of the trap, they bandage up his paw, they send him on his way, and then Grandpa feels rejuvenated and excited and said that he's taking care of um, horses and a pet raccoon and a frog before, but never a bear, and it might have been his best achievement yet. And flying high on the adrenaline of almost being crushed by a tree <laughs> and then saving a bear, they decide that they're going to finish climbing Mount Fuji quickly and make it to the top of the mountain just to see the beautiful sunrise. And when they're looking at the sunrise, we pan back to where the camp is, and uh, Nigel and Marianne are coming back from looking for a bear unsuccessfully all evening, um, and find that the campsite is all prettily decorated by um, Grandma and Debbie and Donnie, and it's all really, really cute. And Donnie, who doesn't have words, is really good at origami and made two paper cranes i think they were cranes yeah and i think they or maybe or they were swans, swans yeah. made two paper swan and everybody gets really excited that it's so pretty and they decide they're gonna go wake up grandpa frank and eliza because they should be here for this fun family moment too and they just then realize that they are not in their beds and that her backpack is missing and that must mean that they went to climb mount fuji so they pile into their little like golf cart rv car thing yeah they got like a mini one which they quickly take up Mount Fuji to find Grandma and, Eli Grandpa and Eliza. When they find them, they also are, uh, find the bear. And he does not say it, but Nigel is very excited. And I could see it in his face that he wanted to say <laughs> smashing. He starts making all the funny, like, Nigel. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> gibberish, excited noises. Um, so he is making gibberish, excited noises. They find this bear, they find Grandpa and Eliza, and Eliza tells the bear, don't worry, they're friendly, they just want to take your picture, and that's enough to calm the bear again. And they get their footage of the uh, mountain black bear, otherwise known as moon bear, which is kind of cute. I really kind of like that. And then they say, hey, this was a dangerous thing and we shouldn't have done it, but we're glad that we did do it. And then Nigel gives this really, really adorable speech about how swan's mate for life and how he hopes to celebrate his 50th wedding anniversary with his yeah. wife and it was really really cute it was it was very touching it was very sweet for a cartoon i really wanted that scene to end with nigel going like now let's go inside and get to smashing 
thought that oh, would have been a great, a great way for it to end. His leg and he's just in like these nine inch stilettos. He's got a like nine tail whip next to him. I'm willing to bet Tim Curry made that joke during recording at some point. And and Nigel has the same mustache on his dick, so that's pretty cool. You said that with such confidence. I was like, does he? Wait. Be- because I desperately want it to be true. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing saying it's not true. So It's true. But on that note, we pan away from this adorable family who has done fun things and is seeing that, like, you know, Eliza can do things even though she's 12. And Grandpa can still do things even though he's 70. And look at how great we are as a family. And Grandma is finally nice to Donnie because she was kind of a dick to him the whole episode. And then... And that's it. That's it for this episode. It was just sweet. It was just a very sweet episode. It was good. I liked it. You literally covered everything. Besides the uh, the monk who was just like clearly not having any of their bullshit when they were making noise in the sanctuary. Do you see that guy's face? It was just kind of like, I don't know, the way they did it, I just picture it as like, ugh, Americans. Like, that's all. That's yeah, all like. although <laughs> that's kind of what it seemed like is like yeah. tourists, of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, this half-naked child is running around <laughs> destroying, his, <laughs> destroying his rock garden and smashing ha, the gong. <laughs> so that would have been funny if the monk was like, "Was that flea?" <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of Danny California, huge fan, <laughs> which probably wasn't out when this episode came out. Anyways, good, good synopsis, A plus. Thanks, friend. It was good. All right, awesome. Then what we're going to do is we are going to take a quick break. And when we return, we are going to rate and review uh, the Wild Thornberries. And then apparently we have a little game to play. So please join us after this break. Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. Smashing. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> well, I wasn't ready for that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So as uh, as we do on this podcast, we like to give a little uh, review um, with a never-changing rating system. It's always been the same <laughs> scale every single episode. Uh, but how you know about what, just... You, a, you know what has been the same every episode? Your description of the <laughs> scale. That is our consistent piece. That is the continuous continuum of our rating system. It is I, the backbone I, of this podcast. I love the layers involved in our rating system. Yeah, I think it's you know, great. Our, our podcast has layers like an onion. So I think today <laughs> we, are, we are going to rate this episode on a scale from zero to five. Blah, 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 um, which is, <laughs> is that what we're going with? My, my, which, is, which is my best Donnie impression. <laughs> Uh, spot There's on. So many things to use for rating, but instead we're going to use flea noises. Yep. <laughs> how many keep, how many flea keep, noises would you scat? <laughs> keep you on your toes, guys. Um, I'm going to go first this time since I haven't gone first in a while. This was a lot of fun. I think Nickelodeon cartoons are really good at uh, conveying like some sort of sentiment and a message, which is really nice. And this one definitely had that. You know, there was a parallel of Elijah being too young and unable to do stuff and her grandpa being too old and not be able to do some stuff and really touching on like how much people can change in just a couple years mm-hmm. where two years ago, grandpa was able to do stuff that he can't do nowadays. And I thought that was kind of a nice point to touch on. And 
I think that the whole point of this episode was, you know, maybe a little bit to teach kids like, you know, yeah, people age. It's a normal part of life. You're going to be able to grow up and do more stuff, but then eventually you're not. And it's just something that we all have to deal with. And I think all of us just being in our, you know, 30s are already maybe starting to feel that a tiny bit, you know, maybe with, uh, I don't know, alcohol <laughs> tolerance, staying up late, you know. Just a I'm few things I've noticed. Can't be the six months I have left. Damn it! No, no, we're we're facing our mortality here today, Kayla. Uh, fine. Where's a bear? <laughs> um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was sweet. Um, the the probably the the only gripe that I have against it is there wasn't anything particularly like funny, except mm-hmm. for like Nigel's voice, like his choice of like making the little weird excited noises and his laughs yes. and stuff like that, which is only funny to us because <laughs> we're adults and we know who Tim Curry is. And we just, it's like a Tim just, Curry no, Furby. That's, that's what I keep <laughs> thinking. It's like if Furby was programmed with Tim Curry's voice. That's a really good way of putting it. Yes. Um, <laughs> but there wasn't anything particularly like, there wasn't like jokes, you know, it, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, some situational stuff, um, which I can't like fully knock a cartoon for that. Cause not every cartoon has to be, you know, throwing jokes at you, but that was probably my only gripe. So I am, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought this was great. I actually think the animation holds up. It still looks beautiful. And this is definitely something that, uh, I'd probably have my, my kids watch my, three-year-old who is super into animals would absolutely love this show oh yeah yeah for sure um so that's that's pretty cool so i i think because of that i'm gonna give it uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it four uh you know (laughs) just a solid solid four um it was great i I really enjoyed it very nice um i'll go next then i i liked the message that they had which was a people suck it's kind of my favorite cartoon message with the, yeah. the bear situation, the bear getting his paw trapped in the leg trap. Yeah. Um, I liked the grandpa's too old and has to slow down and Eliza's too young and needs to wait till she's older situation. Um, I thought that was a cool message and a lesson, especially like, you know, if you're watching this as a kid and you do have memories of your parents or grandparents being able to do things and now you don't it's a much nicer message to teach your kid than to than than to have your kid tell their parent that they have a big belly for instance like i learned peppa pig likes to do um it's <laughs> yeah just a i would be thing. crushed as a parent if my kid did that to me <laughs> oh, god <laughs> it's just a nicer thing to be teaching kids um Maybe it was the episode that we picked that didn't have as many jokes in it. But I do get your point where it wasn't as lighthearted as I would imagine a cartoon would be. But I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. I I thought it had a great message. The animation was really good. It held up. It felt a little disjointed to me. Like they, it wasn't the story was forced. It just felt really thin, if that makes sense. Like there really wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, I get that. It was just kind of in your, like it was just flat i don't know but that being said it, it it did have some really good merit to it not not the flashiest of cartoons that we've watched not the funniest of cartoons but there is a bear so it's good <laughs> i maybe i need to watch other episodes but i feel like maybe just three <laughs> <laughs> 
Which the questioning of it. Remember, remember, remember. You do it quietly. Ever, ever, ever. That's a real. The, that's a real reflective, the, Donnie. It was the demure version of Donnie. Like just yes, I think maybe three. I'm taking points away from it just because, like, as a kid, I don't know if this episode would have held my attention at all, and it was interesting as an adult, but. Just because I was watching it as an adult reviewing it. It didn't really pull me into it. I knew the whole time that I was watching a cartoon, if that makes yeah. sense. So I'm taking a couple points off for that. Um, but overall, a really, really good show. A good message. Good quality. Great voice actors. Like, Betty White came out of nowhere on this one. Yeah, that was cool. Um, would definitely recommend anybody that watches as a kid or who has kids to take take a watch. Take a second chance. Take a look at it. It was pretty good. Saya. Very good. I'm gonna <laughs> I think I'm gonna go. I very much enjoyed it. I am gonna demote one whole because that was really good. <laughs> only because I didn't get to hear smashing throughout yeah. the whole thing. That's yeah, fair. I, I didn't fair. I was listening for one like the whole time and it didn't happen in this episode. But that being said, what I loved most about this is being an adult, like I I would have paid so much money to be a fly on the wall during the recording session of these episodes because <laughs> I'm sure it was just insane. And it's it's really fun and amusing just to just to listen to because of that. Mm-hmm. Another thing that kind of surprised me, I didn't I couldn't remember if this was one of those cartoons where it's broken up into segments or if it's just one throughout the whole thing. It's about 21 minutes long or Mm -hmm. something. Uh, This is just one segment throughout the whole thing. And what's really cool is that you can tell they have a lot of like, uh, they took a lot of creative freedoms when writing like a longer story than they would with say like rocket power or something. And these Mm -hmm. are the same producers of rocket power and rugrats and stuff, which both have shorter segments. So it's, it's cool to see a change in, that kind of storytelling, which was neat. But yeah, I still really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. If if you were a fan to go back and and watch, because this is it's amazing just to hear Tim Curry in general. But, yeah. yeah. Furby Tim Curry. I'm going uh I'm going with four <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. It is very good. It is a good point that you make that that, um, it's interesting to watch how the creators of the other shows that we've watched have taken the extra time and how they used it to develop a story. Again, I think maybe it was just the episode that we picked that maybe felt a little thin. Um, And while watching this episode, I had a very, very strong memory come back. Nicktoons, their website, I don't know if it still does, used to have this interactive, you could find animals, take pictures of animals, and heal, like, give them medicine and stuff in the wild. I have such strong memories of playing this game for hours and hours and hours. And it was just like a dumb Flash game online. Yeah, those it was a Wild Thornberry's Flash game. Ones. Yeah, and you, like, collected pictures of the animals and healed them. And I think, like, especially uh, your three-year-old Brian would absolutely have loved that yes. game. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've played something very similar with her 40 times in a row. It's awesome. It was just a really strong memory that came back. So hmm. I wonder if that game still exists. I wonder if any of our listeners have ever played. Try to look for it. Yeah, take a look. 
All right, awesome. That's uh, that was some good reviewing, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, Josiah, it sounds like you have a bit of a challenge for us today. I do. Uh, because this particular cartoon series featured so many like all-star cast members and even like the guests who came in were very well-known actors betty white there's there's a whole list online i'm not going to go off on like a lot of the the names but it's ridiculous how many like big wigs came in to do this show just for like you know this oscar nominated actor came in and played a squirrel and it's stuff like that it's really weird um i want you guys to come up with your real life cast for the wild thornberries and who you would have play them in the real life movie like live action like live action movie yep hell yes hell yes i like it i'm i'm ready to go you're ready to go yep i'm willing to bet that we might have a couple of copies because we think so much alike okay we'll go see for it we'll go see I actually, I actually have two for nigel i have like a joke one and a real one the joke one i think it would be really funny if he was played by bill skarsgård because he replaced Tim Curry in the new It movies, so it would be kind of, kind of fun. Okay, yeah. But honestly, I think a really good casting for him would be Brian Cranston. I think okay. Brian, I think Dude, Brian, I have that written down too. Do <laughs> yeah, you as really? as one of them. Yeah, I think Brian Cranston, his his uh, uh, comedic comedic chops. Like think of him. Um, on Malcolm in the Middle, yeah, like him being that kind of bumbling, like nature documentary guy. I think he would absolutely nail that role. Very nice. I absolutely thought the same thing. The mom, I, you know, she's a little bit of a wet blanket in the show. I think, but I think we need to have an actress to bring some gravitas to it. So Helen Hunt, I think, would be great for the mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just picturing Brian Cranston <laughs> and Helen Hunt working together in it'd a be, comedic it'd way. <laughs> it'd be amazing. For Elijah, I think uh, Sadie Sink would be amazing. She's the redhead who from um, uh, Stranger Things. Okay. She was oh, introduced right. like the season before. I think she would just just she would just kind of fit that role, be about the right age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be good. Um, for Darwin, I think he should be a fully CG character played by Andy Serkis. I think he's the oh, only okay. one who should ever play any sort of ape or monkey creature. <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah. Uh, for the sister, what's her name? Debbie? Yep. Yep. Um, I don't really care. Just any generic kind of like uh, snotty blonde uh, teenage actress would, would <laughs> be fine for her. There's, there's a million billion of them. And then for Donnie, I think the only logical casting choice for him would be Flea. <laughs> Real we've, life Flea. We've come so far with the aging technology, we got to get industrial oh light and magic in on it. Okay, but can you imagine like the uncanny like valley you'd be stuck in <laughs> taking a look at like de-aged? No, no. <laughs> it's so I, creepy. I, I want that so bad. <laughs> Uh, but that that oh would my be my, that would be my casting. Very Solid nice. Picks. Would you like to go next, or would you like I, me to go? I I can go. Okay. Uh, so for Eliza, I would pick uh, Mara Wilson, who is the girl from Matilda, but she would have to be like again like aged. young. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For Nigel, 
I thought uh, either Brian Cranston or Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I tell you something. He could do it. Benedict Cumberbatch made my list too, but not for Nigel. Really? <laughs> Marianne, I'm going with uh, Jenna Fisher, Pam from The Office. Oh, I like yeah. it. She seems like she would be like slightly annoyed. Yeah. You know, with Benedict Cumberbatch doing his stuff. <laughs> uh, Debbie. I'm going with uh, Kristen Stewart because she seems like a she can play annoyed annoyed teenager pretty well. I could see it. Donnie, I'm going with uh, Danny DeVito <laughs> <laughs> just because I want to see it. <laughs> he would just be his character from It's Always Sunny, except drunk constantly. That's how those noises happen. Yeah. And uh, Darwin, I'm going with. Uh, Daniel Ratcliffe, but he would, it would be like a Wilfred situation where he's just wearing a chimpanzee suit. I love that idea. Oh my gosh. Oi. <laughs> Are you ready for mine? Go for it. Okay. For Nigel, I have Ewan McGregor. Okay. For Nigel, because oh, hell yeah. I don't know if you've seen him in, in Big Fish. He has like a comedic side that was pretty good in that. I think he would be great for Nigel. Um, for Marianne, I went with um, Amy Ryan, who actually plays Holly Flax in The Office, because oh, yeah. she looks like Marianne, wow. and I think that her that she would have the same kind of, you know, style as the cartoon character. For Eliza, I don't know if you guys would know this character or not. Um, it's a TV show called Big Little Lies, but there's a girl on that show whose name is Darby Camp, and she looks like the cartoon come to life really like kind of a, a rounder face curly red hair really bright red hair kind of like almost looks identical to the cartoon but in real life wow see um, i couldn't think of anybody who looked like her yeah it's yeah so i mean i don't it's she's not really well known yet i think she's in a couple other like kids movies that came out i think she would play eliza very well um debbie I went with Anya Taylor-Joy, which is the girl that plays the blonde girl in The Witch. Okay. Um, the main character with yeah. kind of like the big eyes and kind of weirdness. Yeah, she does have big yeah. eyes. <laughs> Donnie, I went with Luke Rosler, which um, plays Georgie in uh, It, the younger brother. Okay. With the curly hair kind of short. Wow, he would be a good pick. Yeah, he would. I'm telling you. Yours I'd... is a legit movie. Yeah, you guys, like, you know, are much funnier than I am. I was like, if I'm really a <laughs> casting director, you're putting it together. Who am I? And, and this means that the very last person on my list for Darwin would be Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> because he would class that shit up. He oh, would he just, totally like... would. And I I don't know that I've ever seen him play a character that is just kind of kind of a little bitch. So I think it would be a, um, a challenging role. Hello, Smog the Terrible. He was very sassy as Smog. Yeah, okay, but Darwin is like like a scaredy cat wimp bitch, not like a oh, sassy gotcha. Gotcha. like mean girls bitch. So I would like to see him in the very challenging, <laughs> I like the idea of Wilfred style better to come to bed in a chimpanzee in a suit, suit. Yeah. but it would it would probably need to be like just complete CGI, but with like a really awkward moving mouth, like just really bad CGI oh, on the mouth because it has to be creepy as well. 
but that would be my picks for the live action. So and, and you would you would like let me like help you write this, right? Because I feel because you said Ewan McGregor, right? As, yes. Yeah. Okay. As Nigel. Because one hundred percent, we would have to write in there that at least once he goes hello there, and I would just like <laughs> the first of all, the internet would lose their mind. Everyone yes. would watch it. Yes. And there isn't a single thing that Ewan McGregor has been in or will be in that I will not watch because I love him so much. He is, he is so endearing. He's yeah. just like, like just a little ray of sunshine come to yeah. life as a human. Like I just, he's a great actor. You might say he's smashing. You might uh-huh. say he's smashing. He is Good night, indeed. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he is indeed smashing. I thought that was going to cause a divorce. <laughs> We're going to make it here. <laughs> Glad speaking like of it. speaking of smashing, if you all wouldn't mind following us on our social media and smashing the like button and the follow button, that would be Aye. amazing. Uh, Kayla, where can people find us should they choose to find us? If you would like to use your free will to find us on social media, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Cartoon Tonic Podcast at all three. We have a, a good uh, like handle that is existing over all locations which i hear is kind of rare so we're fancy like that find us <laughs> come have a conversation with us let us know what you're liking listening to let us know what you don't like listening to i don't know that we'll do anything different but we do like hearing from you um we've been really really lucky and have like a great fan base and we really honestly do love hearing from you guys so uh you can also email us at cartoontonicpodcast at gmail.com i will uh type you a little note back it'll be a good time yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josiah, what's going on with Grace Note right now? Grace Note has several weird projects in the mix that <laughs> will be released uh, shortly. If you're interested in anything metalwork, uh, blacksmithing, metal casting, check out Grace Note Forge at YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And come check that out. I got nothing to plug because everything is still shut down, but I have been writing <laughs> lately, writing some new material that I. Uh, Good. For the first time since all of this went down, I actually was inspired to be funny. So I think that's a big step. So I'm looking forward to being able to get out in the world and get that material out there and start making people laugh again. So that's all I got going on. Nice. And Very nice. Looking forward else? to hearing it. You might not be. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens when, it, when we get there. <laughs> looking forward to judging you silently while smiling. Oh, you guys are the best. I know how to support you, man. (laughs) This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you guys, and bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Why, its leg appears to be bandaged. (gasps) Bears? Bonfires? Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10, Kayla. Uh, 10 out of 10. That's why I married you. At Cartoon Tonic, we drink responsibly and hope you do too. Thanks for listening.